If you're feeling lost or underexposed after the recent crypto rally, then you've come to the perfect video. Because today, I'm going to be outlining my roadmap for crypto riches in the next bull run, running you through the five steps that you can follow to build the ultimate bull market portfolio. Yes, you haven't exactly timed the bottom correctly if you're watching this video and you don't have all your entries, but no, you haven't missed out on the opportunity to capitalize next bull run, as I believe this market in the rack conditions can go much, much higher. And we can see if we look at the YouTube views, which is pretty much the ultimate retail indicator. Retail is still hardly back yet. Bitcoin is sitting above 37,000 US dollars. So the amount of potential this market has to grow once retail comes back in leads me to believe there are still massive opportunities. So there's no need to panic, no need to FOMO if you haven't got your entries yet. But what you must do is come up with a sound accumulation plan to make sure that you're building your portfolio in the right way for the bull run. And that's exactly what I'm going to run you through in today's video. There are many ways to make money in this market. You can scalp, you can day trade, you can swing trade, you can airdrop farm. But in today's show, I'm going to be focusing on the investing side of things, the slightly more passive side of things uh, that doesn't require you to pick it up as a full-time skill. Yes, it's going to take some active portfolio management if you really want to build a successful portfolio, but it's not as time intensive as some of the other strategies uh, that you might be following in the market. Today is purely focused on the long-term investment side of things, how you can build an underlying portfolio to keep yourself steady and maximize upside for the next bull run, whilst also building a nice foundation for if you do want to trade and if you want to do anything uh, additional that you can stack on top. I believe this strategy is complementary to trading strategies in the market. So it's not a one or the other thing, um, but it is about setting up some nice foundations. So in light of that, where do we currently sit? Well, although the altcoin market has had a, a pretty big pump and Bitcoin has had a big pump, I believe we're still in an accumulation phase. Technically, we are still in the year pre-halving and typical Bitcoin bull run peaks don't tend to happen until the year after the Bitcoin halving, which would be 2025, late 2024, when things really start to pick up. Of course, every cycle is going to be a bit different. Maybe we are seeing things shift a little earlier. Maybe not. Maybe it shifts later. We can't time it exactly. But what we do know is generally uh, we are in an accumulation phase. So the goal of an accumulation phase is to stack as much crypto as possible uh, via any means possible. Um, the way you do this is obviously where all the nuance is, and this is where you're going to exhibit the difference between a 2x return next cycle and a 20x return next cycle. I think if you stick to the principles in today's video, there's a there's a good chance that you can be aiming for that 10 to 20x portfolio value next cycle versus many people who are just simply going to ride it all the way up and then end up round tripping it all the way back down because um, accumulating through any means possible doesn't mean just accumulating after every pump. There's actually a strategy that I want you to follow in order to get better entries on altcoins. And that's what we're going to talk about now. So the first thing that you need to do if you want to build a successful portfolio is create a watch list. It sounds so simple, but it's something people often get wrong. They see these new coins cropping up on Twitter. They get tempted to ape in when in reality, you should have a really organized system for having your watch list. So before you even think about buying, 
buying, make sure you have a clear watch list identified. And this process can take months, this process can take years. But what happens is as you research, as you watch more videos, as you experience new things, as you learn things, you gradually refine your watch list. You get rid of coins that maybe aren't performing so well and you add coins that you find out about that you're bullish on and eventually you end up curating a, a really nice watch list. So the easiest method to start with when it comes to building a watch list, this is even before we get into any of the buying stuff, is to start with the individual sectors or narratives. So what I would do is I would pick two to three verticals you're most bullish on and start your research there. Niche down into two sectors that you really, really believe in. Um, some of the examples of the sectors that I find interesting are in front of you. I think AI is interesting, real world assets, gaming, ZK, LSDs, DEXs, social fire, NFTs, L2s pick maybe two, three of these sectors and really start narrowing narrowing in on those sectors. I really like to build my portfolio around these major sectors because I believe crypto doesn't operate in isolation. There are many growth verticals which are going to help crypto achieve mass adoption and there are certain growth verticals out of those that are going to end up outperforming and the ones that I specifically like, I do want to concentrate a bit more of my portfolio allocation towards those narratives. For example, if you're really into crypto gaming, this could be a logical place to start research the gaming space and start positioning yourself there before you start creating a watch list for some of the other sectors but of course over time you'll build out a fully fleshed out watch list around all of your favorite narratives so what i would do to build a watch list i wouldn't do it in apple notes although you can i would do it in trading view because trading view has this amazing yet very simple feature which allows you to build individual watch lists i would make a list called buy list or accumulation list and what i would do is whenever i find a coin that I am interested in buying or I know I want to buy a coin, I would just add it to my buy list because this will be your list that you know that you can look at every single day um, in order to monitor those coins and also get your entries on those coins. So having it all condensed in one place on TradingView is really handy. And what you can do is you can sort by color um, in one of two ways. You can sort color based on the narrative. So I could make, let's say, any AI project orange and any L2 green. Or you can also do it in terms of market cap. Have like, you know, red for your large caps, green for your small caps, however you want to color code it, you can do that to make it easier for you. Um, so then you can go into your red list and your blue list, etc., and actually sort by major caps, small caps, mid caps. So organization is really key here in terms of making sure your watch list is super organized because it's going to make it easier for you to actually keep track of this journey. Um, I think most, I know it sounds so simple, but most people don't do this. Most people don't have an organized watch list or an organized spreadsheet. And this is the first step to successful investing, right? If, if your mind's not organized, how can you expect your portfolio to be organized. I mean, it's just so important um, if you do want to fully maximize your portfolio management because it's not just buying that's the trick here. It's managing, it's weighting allocations, etc. So it all starts with having good setups. So in order to do this, we'll head into step number two now, and that's creating a journal on Excel. So after you've got your watch list into trading view, this is when you want to go a little bit deeper because the trading view watch list is the coins you want to buy, but on Excel, you start to enter some logic. So I'll give you an example of how I would do it. Um, I would list all the coins I'm interested in buying. This is a sample portfolio. Then I would have uh, a column which says my thesis, time horizon, and invalidation and risks. So for example, for Ethereum, I've written down my thesis, which is it has a diverse ecosystem 
system. It has first mover advantage versus other L1s. It has institutional interest, which is set to ramp up. And it has proving staying power, proven staying power within the industry. I've put my time horizon at five plus years because I view it as an extremely long-term bet. Now, obviously, taking profits can happen at any time in between this uh, period. But it's important to have a time horizon established because certain investments will be more trade-based and certain investments will be more long-term. And I would also put my invalidation slash risk. So for Ethereum, I've said the major risks are it can lose market share to other L1s like Solana, for example. It could have technical risks if there are any major upgrades gone wrong because I know they're doing a lot of network upgrades. And another risk could be the invalidation of one of my main key thesis points, which is institutions are piling into Ethereum. Maybe they don't choose to or they opt for other coins or Bitcoin, etc. And this would be an invalidation. So I would go through my entire uh, portfolio and I would enter in the thesis for each coin, time horizon and invalidation. Why? Because at any given moment, you're going to be able to go back and say, why did I buy injective? Oh, it's because this is my thesis. Why did I buy Ethereum? Oh, it's because this is my thesis. And then before you panic sell to rotate into a new hot coin on crypto Twitter, you can actually go back to your thesis and look, okay, am I still bullish? Are the reasons I was bullish then still the reasons I'm bullish now? And you can answer yes or no, and you can tweak it over time. And this helps remind you why you bought a coin in the first place, because so often people just buy coins because they're hyped. And then they're like, I actually don't understand what this coin does. Why am I holding this coin? Well, that's something you need to avoid in order to create a successful portfolio. Because if you don't have conviction in a coin, how are you going to hold it through the rough times? And who's to say you're not just going to rotate out of it if you don't believe in it to a hotter coin, a shinier coin, um, if your coin's underperforming, right? So it's very important to have everything documented in an Excel or a Google Sheets or however you want to track it. So you actually, it's like a trading journal, right? So you you have your thesis clearly outlined for each coin. Another thing you can do to go a step further is actually conduct a SWOT analysis for each coin. This is actually an amazing practice that I highly recommend doing. And it basically means once a coin's in your your trading view watch list and once you're starting to populate it into the Excel, actually go fill out a form. It can be done on on a Google Doc and you can link that into your original Excel. So I'll show you what I mean. You can create another column here, which says SWOT, and then you can have the Google Doc link entered in here. Um, Click on that, it'll open up a new document, or if it's on your desktop, then you can link it to another document on your desktop, which basically means you'll you'll have an individual uh, study, uh, a SWOT analysis study for every single coin that you've actually gone and researched. And this is a great learning experience because when you're trying to find the strengths, let's say for Ethereum, the weaknesses, the opportunities, the threats, you're going to come across new ideas and new thought processes. And let's say for Ethereum, you can think of the strengths, you know the opportunities, you know some weaknesses, but you can't think of any threats, well, that's a great gap in your understanding that you can explore and prod further. So you can look for counterpoints, you can look for content, which actually challenges your theory. You can ask people in the space. I mean, um, we I answer a lot of questions and DMs, etc. on Twitter, but I know Randall's and the other hosts do as well, and also other experts in those niches, um, I think are also super accommodating if you have any interesting questions. So by filling out these sheets, you're going to get a much more detailed analysis um, on your favorite altcoins, and this will help you develop your theses as well. So underrated little trick here is to actually do a SWOT analysis for each coin and link that into your spreadsheet. I'm basically trying to practice here healthy habits when it comes to portfolio building, because I am I can almost bet 99% of you probably don't have an Excel that has 
in-depth theses and plans and invalidations for every single coin you hold. Most of you probably just ape into coins on a centralized exchange or maybe on DEXs, and that's completely okay. Nothing wrong with that. But I'm saying if you want to maximize next cycle, it's time to level up. It's time to get serious and it's time to plan because if you don't, you'll be left behind and maybe some of you have the taste of being left behind from the past couple of weeks. I know a lot of people have been asking me, you know, Miles, have I missed it? Is it too late? Well, it's not too late, but it... it, it is going to be too late soon if you haven't got um, the right plan in place because things can happen super quick in this market as you've seen. So now for step number three out of the five-step roadmap. Now it's time to determine position sizing and this is the most subjective and nuanced step in this video because obviously how much risk you allocate to a low cap will be different from you to the next person, right? Because I don't know your financial situation. You might have a family you need to support so you can't take much risks. You might be young like me and be willing to you know, risk it all and, and you don't really care if you lose money. You may be super wealthy and you're only playing around with 5% of your net, wor net worth and if you blow it on crypto, you don't really care. Or to some people, you might really care about losing money, right? And you might want to be a little more conservative. So it really depends on your situation and your goals. Do you want to hit a million dollars next cycle? Do you want to hit 100K? Do you want to hit 10 million? Like it, it really depends on your situation. So this is something only you're going to be able to work out. But I'll give you an example of how I would determine position sizing. So on the Excel, I would add a column for percentage portfolio weighting. So this number is going to represent your ideal position size for each coin. I'll show you what I mean. So for example, for Ethereum, uh, I've allocated in this sample portfolio 20%. So $100,000 portfolio, that would be $20,000. And I've allocated percentages for all the other altcoins based on a $100,000 portfolio. And obviously you can tweak this number um, as you wish in order to get the representative figures when you make your own sheets. But what this is going to do is give you an idea of how you actually weight risk. Now, how do you determine how much percentage to allocate to each project, the easiest thing to do is break it down by either sector. So you can go like, let's say 30% towards L1s, 15% towards L2s, whatever verticals you're bullish on, as we discussed before, you'll allocate heavier to those verticals you're less bullish on, you'll allocate less heavy to them, right? Um, but my preferred method is actually not by sector. Depends how your brain works, but I prefer to do it by market caps. So large caps, I might allocate 40% towards. Mid caps, I might allocate 30% towards. Small caps, I might allocate 20% towards. And micro caps, so anything under $10 million, I'll allocate 10% towards. So this is one way that can help you structure it. Um, what you can actually do is you can create a pie chart. So once you've got the size right of all the coins, um, you can create another column, link that to your allocation percentage, and then make a pie chart and actually see how much of your portfolio is mid caps, large caps, small caps, and micro caps. That's a, a big tip that I have for you because that's going to help you get a view of how much risk um, you're taking with your portfolio. And look, as I said, for some people, your micro caps might be 30%. You just might want to hit hit the lottery next bull run and make 10 million or make nothing and you decide to do that and go you know you you want to go 30 40 percent on micro caps um knowing that you could blow it all but, but some people might prefer to go no i like you know i'm happy with the three to four x next cycle i'm just going all large caps i'm just going to go ethereum and solana and a couple others and that's it and you know make my maybe three four five x um, i'm not interested in 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 the hundred x stuff and that's completely fine as well that's why it completely depends on your personal situation and Step number three is the most subjective one, uh, but hopefully just by writing it down and allocating per sector, this gives you a good idea of how you want to structure your portfolio and you'll get a 
pretty good feel once you start to track your portfolio in real time as to how volatile your portfolio is. You might realize it's too volatile. You might realize you're not getting enough upside. So the bait is not correct on, on, on crypto pumps. So you'll actually know over time. And this isn't anything set in stone. You can tweak over time. If you want to go more risk on when the market's more aggressive, you can do that. If you want to go less risk on when you want to be more conservative, you can do that. Uh, no one says your portfolio has to be set in stone all the time. This is where you allocate to fresh accumulation. So now you've assigned your weightings, it's time to plan your entries. How do you do this? Well, you have a trading view already set up. So this is going to be your number one port of call when it comes to marking out levels. What I would do is I would go through that entire trading view buy list that you've mapped out and I would set key horizontal support levels on, on a high time frame like the monthly or the weekly. And then I would draw in the levels where I would look to accumulate. So let's use DYDX as an example. You can go into the weekly, you can mark out clearly range lows a dollar, range high was $2.70, and your next major resistance level is at $4.20. So your green accumulation zone is your ultimate support buy, this is your range low support. We may not get there, but this is where you want to put in limit orders, right? Your yellow box, you would have a an alert on TradingView set up for when we hit this zone. So you'd create a little alert here. It'll ding on your phone. You can say as your message, you can say DYDX buy zone. And what this will do is it'll track when we drop back down into that zone. So you can, uh, and you can also set a limit order there. Um, and then you have your red box, which is the same thing. So when you break above, you'll get that alert. When we come back down on confirmation, you can make a buy. So for the green box, this is something you could just set a passive limit order on an exchange, automatically do it. You don't even need to do it yourself. Just let it happen if it gets back down there. For the orange and the red zones on altcoins, these are more active positions. So use the trading view alert function. When you get alerted, then you can make your decision on exactly when you want a DCA. Um, but you probably should stick to your plan once you outline it, right? If, if you if you make a plan that you want to accumulate on the retest of DYDX's range high, then when you actually get there to the cha- to the point of accumulating, don't flinch. Like you actually have to follow through on your plan. So what I would actually do is I would even write in some text here. I would go to settings. I would write in some text. I would say accumulate on retest if X, Y, and Z. You might have some technical uh, parameters that that you want to like add in if you're a bit more technical. Like you know, I want to see RSI up on the upswing. I, I want to make sure there's a four hourly confluence with the retest, whatever. All those technicals that you can kind of stack on top. Um, but it's really good to actually write this down. So on TradingView, for each coin, you're going to have your levels on the weekly, on the monthly. Um, like Dogecoin, for example, a major support level I would look at is the 5.7 level. This is an area that I would be interested in setting limit orders. So the more limit orders you can set, the better. If you can set limit orders on exchanges and just have some capital across a few different exchanges, have your limit orders set and forget about it. That's the best because then you're not going to panic when price gets there. A lot of the time what will happen is price will actually get down to the support and then people get bearish, right? They're bearish here, they're bearish here, they're bearish here, they're bearish here. They never want to accumulate in the support range. Then when the price starts pumping, they're like, damn, next dip I want to buy, right? And then it goes back down. And then when it dips down, you don't actually end up buying because you're scared again. So the whole point of limit orders is to avoid that mental psychology and the back and forth of wrestling with emotion and 
basically forcing you to buy in when you have a predetermined level that you want to buy in at. Um, for the DYDX example, you do have that predetermined level on range low, but because price is pumped, you now have to potentially look at buying on confirmation of the retest of key breaks of resistance levels flipped into support. Um, so this is going to require a bit more nuance than just setting limit orders, but that's just a reflection of where that coin's at. Every coin's in a different zone, right? And every coin has a different scenario. Like for Frax, you might say, okay, on the break of 760, I want to buy some Frax because this clearly shows that it's reversed its downtrend, for example. And then you would set that order once you've broken above. So it's not a perfect science, but what this does is it kind of forces you to stick to a strategy. When the levels are in your trading view and your plans are predefined before price gets there, then when price gets there, you should just be sticking to your plan. So you should be having a plan for the next six months on accumulation levels across a variety of coins. And you should know exactly when you're buying and you should know exactly what happens if price keeps pumping, what level are you actually going to get interested at again? So let's say DYDX smashes through the highs. You know that you're probably going to buy the retest of, of range high on the high time frame, right? So have all those scenarios planned out. Then you're never going to have to FOMO because even if price pumps, you've got a plan for that. And if price dumps, you've also got a plan for that. You've got your limit orders, right? So you should be planned either way for either scenario. And if you want to get nuanced with timing entries, you can even stack on additional tools like AI, etc., uh, to get better entries. For example, Kyber AI, you guys know how I like the Kyber score in order to track momentum. When you do see um, a momentum swing on the Kyber score, that could also be an indicator that you can use in confluence with, let's say, the retest of that range high as we discussed before in order to get your exact entry when your trading view alert goes off. And you can use all sorts of on-chain data to snipe an even better entry. So it just really depends on your level. Some people prefer to be more passive and just DCA and whatever. Um, but if you're a bit more active, you can start to stack these tools in order to get slightly better entries. Um, and for more advanced market participants, a website like Kyber AI, I think is a good one. So there's a link in the description below to get beta access to Kyber AI for free. It's a free platform um, if you're interested in that. So hopefully that accumulation plan makes sense. I think it just boils down to taking advantage of fear. Typically, these support buys will happen after major sell-offs, and the major sell-offs typically represent the strongest opportunities in the market. I mean, just look at Solana. The two biggest FUD events were the two events that ended up being the best buying opportunities for Sol, and these were actually areas where I publicly said that I was buying Solana, and they ended up being amazing buys up you know, 4 to 5x now. So uh, buying fear in this market is definitely the strategy when you're aiming to build positions for the long term. Okay, let's go into step number five now. This is a really, really important one. This is keeping stables on the side for new projects. So I do this for two reasons. One, some of the best performing projects next cycle haven't even been released yet. Newer shiny objects tend to outperform their older counterparts because there's less suppressatory effect on price due to the lack of underwater bag holders on new coins versus old coins. So a lot of old coins, there are a lot of bag holders. They can still explode. It doesn't mean they can't perform well, but just typically new performs can have that more aggressive uh, thrust to the upside because there's less kind of dampening due to supply pressures, right? So keeping stable coins on the side for new projects is really important. Um, not only because of that, but because of the fact that new projects often solve the needs in the market that the old projects couldn't solve. 
So they're usually launching, and not all new projects are good, some new projects are rubbish, but um, really quality new projects are launching because they know that they fill a gap in, in the market that other projects couldn't, or they're improving on the technology that other projects have already established. So there's a benefit there as well. And the second reason why I like to keep stable coins aside is because it prevents you from recklessly rotating out of existing holdings. So if you have no capital, you're probably going to be more willing to sell, let's say your Solana bag, if it's not performing well, to rotate into Stacks because Stacks is performing well. But if you have capital on the side, right, you have actual cash, you don't need to sell your Solana because you have cash that you can deploy into Stacks. So you're less likely to rotate out of your Solana into Stacks because you've got capital to buy it. So one of the biggest tips for just not giving up on a bag too early is just keeping stable coins on the side. It's such a basic thing, but it's something so many people don't do. They get too greedy at certain times and don't hold enough cash. And then they get too risk off at certain times and hold too much cash. The key is keeping a balance. And I've been in both camps. Uh, there's been periods where I've held too much cash. And then there's been periods where I haven't had enough cash, like last Bora. Um, so I, I've kind of learned my mistake here. And for most people, sitting around the 20% mark in cash is not a terrible idea in terms of your crypto portfolio. Once again, this comes down to your risk tolerance, etc. As long as you have something that prevents you from FOMOing into these shiny coins um, with old positions, because this happens every bull run. You, you want to FOMO into the new coins, but it's just better if, you, if you're not forced to sell. Forced selling is horrible, often leads to a really subpar result in terms of your exit price. Much better just to have fresh capital that's used and reserved solely for the purpose of buying into newer coins. So this isn't to say that you can't tweak allocations over time. I think you should always tweak allocations as prices pump. You can take profits, rotate into other alts, take profits into USD. As income comes in from other income sources, you can put that into the market. Some coins you you might realize, okay, Say's not really realizing its vision. Maybe you don't think they're executing very well. The team makes some mistakes. You can actually delete that off your watch list at certain points and add a new coin that you think's better. Like there's nothing saying the portfolio you build now has to be set in stone. But there's something to be said for starting to plan and having a system. Because once you have a system, then you can plug and play any altcoins into that system. Once you have your watch list, have your Excel, it's easy to make small modifications versus overhauling the whole thing once every few months. It's better to just tweak it slowly over time. And I think it's actually very smart to make tweaks over time because that enables you to be adaptive and it means you're not always you know, stuck in old positions that might not be so favorable when there's new trends in the market. So always maintain adaptivity, um, but don't be rash. That's pretty much how I want to summarize that. I want to give a quick shout out to one of our official show sponsors now, which is Smardex. They actually did $5.1 million in trading volume this week. So if you are looking to farm, um, they have a very good system which reduces the negative effects of impermanent loss and in some cases can lead to impermanent gain across their LPs, uh, across the networks, Ethereum, Polygon, Arbitrum, BNB, and Base. They recently just jacked up the APRs on Ethereum and BNB. They lowered them on Polygon and Arbitrum. So if you do want to look for some of the opportunities um, with additional multipliers now, you can look, for example, on the ETH side on some of these pools, which have a higher APR. And as I said, it's not your typical AMM. Um, they have a proprietary algorithm, which makes impermanent loss uh, less of a headache compared to other AMMs, for example, like Uniswap. And if you go onto their homepage of their website and you click on simulate the algorithm, you can actually compare the performance of pools 
compared to pools on Unisop. So you can scroll through and get some examples to see how SmartX actually works in practice, which is a nice feature as well. So there's a link in the description if you want to yield farm on SmartX or even if you want to swap, it's also a DEX, of course, that can get you some decent swap rates too. And yeah, just uh, another great week of trading volume uh, for SmartX. So well done to the team over there and looking forward to keeping on supporting you in the future um, on these shows. So I hope you enjoyed this video. I hope you learned something and um, even if one person watches today's video and builds uh, a nice system and ends up benefiting that from that next bull run, then it was worth my time because I think 99% of people will be too lazy to do the stuff I talked about today because I get it. It's easier sitting back and being lazy, but for the ones that are willing to put in the time and be proactive, you're going to be the ones uh, I think that end up really reaping the rewards of this. So well done to you if, if, if that's what you're about to do. Um, and I will see you in my next show, which will probably be on Tuesday. See you later. Peace out.